Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. Welcome back once again, Bread and Circuses Podcast. I am Rooster, here with Crow. Hello. How you doing, Crow? Good. Uh, so, quiz for you. Are you a Canadian or a fascist? I'm an American. Well, what's the difference yeah. at this point? The uh, Canadians, I know we talked about the truckers the last couple episodes, but uh, now the Trudeau administration has basically declared martial law. Yeah, the equivalent of martial law, like the Canadian, never been done before. In that well, the, it's like the War Powers Act that they changed to the Peace Act or something yeah, like that. But it hasn't. They haven't. They haven't done it. So one time under its old name in like 1988, Trudeau's dad did it. Okay, <laughs> but that was it. But uh, yeah, in, in uh, he hadn't done this before, and I think. Two years ago, there was a indigenous protest, um, and they were disrupting the um, Canadian train lines. Did you hear about this? No, I thought it was when uh, the Quebec, the breakoff faction of the. No, it was a, it was like a native. Um, it was um, indigenous peoples doing some sort of protesting that really fucked up uh, a lot of the, the transport for the trail, or the rail lines. And, uh, you know, his, his attitude was completely different then. He's like, we've got to work through a way to make this work out for everybody. And that kind of a thing, that wishy-washy bullshit. But uh, now he can really, you know, act like a tough guy. Yeah, he, I mean, he won't meet with these guys. He won't talk to them at all. I mean, countries left and right are dropping their uh, their mandates. Restrictions and mandates and, and he's he's doubling down, tripling down. Yeah. Um, and part of this act is, you know, there's all these towing companies that weren't complying they were saying, hey, we, we want you to go move the trucks. And they're like, no, we're not doing it. One of the things in this is really insidious is it requires people to perform the service uh, if they are fairly compensated. So, in other words, if the government comes to these tow companies and says, tow the trucks, and they go, we don't want to, they go, well, we're going to pay you a fair wage for it. So, if you don't, we can arrest you and impound your trucks and well, fine you. And you know how the tow truck companies have been trying to forestall that or get away with it? How? They say they have covid <laughs> <laughs> they can't they're not coming to work they can't they have COVID they can't come to work that's what they've been because they know that's they know the rules but I mean that's just that's spooky that they can compel you to do it I get the I get the whole eminent domain thing in the US constitution I don't really like it I get the I get the reason for it but I don't like the government can just take your land and say well we're going to give you fair compensation and guess who gets to decide what fair compensation is yep. but compelling someone to actually work um you know against what they would want to do i mean that's just that's crazy and what i think is funny is the definition of fascism basically is the melding of government and corporations yeah this is fascism yeah that's what it is that's well that's what's that's i mean we're it, it's hard for me to think that we're going to veer away from this we're already too too entrenched in government collusion with corporations now and corporations do, doing the bidding of the government and the government doing the bidding of the corporations at this point well the problem was i think again that we've we've talked a lot about this is we sort of all understood that google and amazon facebook and those companies are becoming 
you know, a little too powerful and that banks are too powerful and the government's too powerful and they're sort of all tied in together. Um, but when they're not even trying to hide it, and this trucker thing is a perfect example, um, these guys were being as peaceable as you could be, protesters. I mean, when they said, well, we can't get emergency vehicles across the bridge, they made a lane. You know, they're meeting twice a day amongst themselves and saying, hey, no violence here. We're not we're not doing anything like that. It's as peaceable as it could get. And Trudeau's using every ounce of the government power to make these guys bend the knee. You know what happens historically to people who do that? I mean, governments like that get overthrown. Yeah. And when you give people no hope to be able to express themselves and go about their business and all that, I mean – Bad things happen, and I'm I'm worried that he's pushing this too far for yeah. most Canadians. And he he keeps saying, yeah, most Canadians are behind me. I don't think they are. I think he's lost the room and can't read it. And did you see the other day in Parliament in the House of Commons, he walked out? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you told me about this. Yeah, so they were asking him a question, and he just gets up and walks out. You know? He's a little bitch. Yep. So... It's going to be interesting, but do you see who might run for uh, prime minister? No. Jordan Peterson. <laughs> that would be amazing. Wouldn't it, though? Yeah. He's really had a lot to say about Trudeau lately. Yeah, he's been on podcasts. He was on uh, Clay and Buck today. Oh, he was? Yeah, he was talking uh, talking about the uh, you know the, what the freedom truckers are doing and, and how they need to stay you know peaceful, and uh, but he's on their side completely, and yeah. What, what is so funny is they keep calling Jordan Peterson right wing. He's, yeah. he's just not. So anyway, it's uh, I don't think that it, it, Trudeau could diffuse this whole thing either by meeting with them and saying, look, I hear you. I disagree. You know, but he's not even doing that. He's just sending the cops out after him. And now the uh, police chief of uh, the Ottawa police has resigned. Yep. So and I don't know if that's because of pressure or because he can't take this anymore or i mean i think if it's the guy i'm thinking of and i don't know if it is i mean he seemed to be really happy to crack down on them so maybe he got let go because he wasn't doing enough i don't know but uh, i saw a trucker interviewed and they said what do you think about him resigning guy goes yeah good he's a coward and they said well maybe he's on your side he goes i don't know maybe he is whatever he should here's the thing he should have stayed and defied the orders whatever the orders were that's what he should have done if he was on their side or if he thought it was wrong. Yeah, um, stepping down is cowardly, in my opinion. In I think position. so too. Well, I don't know his. I don't know his. Uh, okay. I don't know his motivation. Right. Okay, let's just assume that he didn't agree with Trudeau's enacting of this, and he doesn't want to be responsible for what's going to come next. As far as what? Uh, that he's going to be forced to either comply and drag these truckers out of their trucks and their families because their families are there too. Oh yeah. He wants and, to avoid being put in that spot. Yeah. Yeah. Does. That's so cowardly. Yeah. That, that's exactly what it is. But if he thinks by resigning, he will make it better. Assuming he disagrees in our not understanding his motivations. But if he, if he disagrees and he's resigning, I, I think that's cowardly. Right. You know, if he agrees and he's resigning, I don't know what the hell that is, but I think if he disagrees, he should stay. Um, but along those lines, you see what happened to Sheriff Villanueva in L.A. County? No. He said, I'm not forcing a vaccine mandate on my uh, on my uh, sheriff deputies. 
because I don't want to lose five to ten percent of my people over something stupid like the vaccine. Yeah. So the California state legislature took his power of uh, of enforcement away, so he can't he he can't uh, they basically you have to uh, he doesn't have any discretion to not do it. So I said, well, just we'll just override you then. Hmm. So they're going to let these people go. Wow. And again, this wouldn't be so tremendously galling if we were six weeks into this and we had a vaccine versus two years into it. The vaccine doesn't work. The disease is going away. Numbers are dropping. By the way, um, Alex Berenson on Substack has been right about this all along. And he doesn't he doesn't profess to be a doctor. So is Crow. Yeah. He's just a reporter <laughs> and he just reports what he's seeing based on all this data he collects. And he said, this thing's going to go away and it's going to drop precipitously. And he even picked the time. And uh, he's... <clears throat> excuse me pretty well right on well and then there's just not only is the trudeau thing uh, you know worrying because uh, yes we have a constitution we have rights here but we're we're a we're a step away from just them ignoring the constitution and doing what the fuck they want so that can happen here um the it's it's less likely to happen here right people own guns exactly but the um the not only did Trudeau enact that kind of that wartime act or whatever the hell it is, the basically martial law. Um, he's got his fine is um, I don't know what they're called in Canada, financial czar, whatever you know the the, the person in charge of of financial crimes and stuff said, yeah, we're 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 upping our our uh, enforcement of of basically our terrorism laws and we're we're including um, the freedom convoy. She didn't, she wouldn't call it the freedom convoy. She called it uh, illegal blockades. So anybody involved in the illegal blockades is, is committing terrorism at this point is what she's saying. So, you know what though? And she's going to uh, find them people. She's going to make sure she told, she said, we're going to um, punish them. We're going to make sure they freeze their accounts and they can't function. Um, she said this, you know, if you have a truck in your, in, in the uh, illegal blockade, she calls it, then your, all your assets will be frozen. And then um, you know, now that the, Give, send, go has been hacked. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if people knew that. It got hacked. It's the Christian Go version of GoFundMe. GoFundMe is a liberal piece of shit a company. Uh, Give, send, go is a Christian version of it. And they were defiant of of the Canadian government saying, oh, you can't send this money. They're like, fuck, fuck you. We're American. We can do what we want. Well, America. they still, the Canadian government froze anybody that was receiving the funds, froze their bank accounts. Um, but then they... Um, um, were hacked. That company was hacked, and all the donors were doxxed. And fifty percent or more of the donors for that uh, freedom convoy were Canadian, and those names were shown. So now the government has all the names of these people, and you don't think they're going to go to their house and go, "Excuse me, uh, you uh, you donated to the freedom convoy. Uh, you know, come with us. You know what? Do it." Yeah. Honest God, just do it because that's what they do in Australia. I think I think Trudeau thinks he has the the backing of most Canadians, and I don't think a lot of them do. And every day it's fewer and fewer. There's even liberal politicians in Canadian Parliament going, "Dude, you got to back off on this." Yeah. And um, I saw an interview on Fox Business News today with one of the truckers, and they said, "Well, they're going to freeze all your stuff." He goes, "That eh, doesn't matter." 
because I'm not making any money right now. They said, they're going to freeze your bank account. He goes, there's no money going into it anyway. He goes, I can't work. Yeah. Um, he's not vaccinated. They didn't say why. You know, maybe he just didn't want to, whatever. Um, but uh, this idea that you have to get a vaccine to work is insane. And so uh, they said, well, how are you going to get money? He says, well, it's funny. Cash is king. People are walking up to these truckers and just handing them cash. Good. Everyday civilians and stuff. While, while it can still happen, yeah. So the more people that you rope into this, whether you say, hey, you have a truck there, or we bust you through Give, Send, Go or whatever, the bigger the tent is of the people who are possibly going to get – I mean, the end, the end result could be violent against the government. And Trudeau just doesn't get that. You know, and I know there there's people saying it's got to stay remain peaceful. It's got to remain peaceful. There comes a point where you it push can't. people far enough, you can't. You know, you know, and they're already seizing uh, body armor from. You know, I, I guess I heard that some of the arrests were people wearing body armor, and that I guess in Canada that's considered. You know, I don't know what they consider, but it's it can be con- construed as illegal to have that. Like, it used to be here, illegal to have body armor in America well, until they challenged it. If the Canadians want to get guns, it's not going to be be that tough. No. There's so much of the gu- of the border people can get guns. Yeah. In. So, yeah, I I don't know. I think uh, well, Canada's headed for a bad place. Well, and so is America. I mean, we're our America, we are working on the DHS just redefined what they consider terrorism, um, as, and it has to do with... Um, Anything that's uh, critical of the government, misinformation towards the government, you know, all that kind of stuff. So they're they're getting more and more, you know, um, anti-liberty in their language. Well, the difference there is they can change those definitions, but it doesn't change it doesn't, how the court enforces it. Doesn't them. change how the court enforces it, but does does change how they apply all their force. Oh, no, it absolutely does. So, and yeah, in the short term, it's going to be ugly. But going back to this uh, Canadian trucker thing. Um, you know, if they're going to change the definitions to basically blockading stuff, cool. Because now you're going to have to do this to every single Black Lives Matter protester who does this stuff. You're going to have to do it. Yeah. And then when you don't, and Trudeau won't, you know what's going to happen. People are going to lose it. You're going to have people who lost their livelihood and maybe face jail time because they didn't do anything wrong. And then you're going to have other protesters who do. And... Nothing will happen to him. The guy's a joke. Yeah, the news bulletin issued by the Department of Homeland Security on February 7th warns that false or misleading narratives about COVID-19 could be fueling terrorism and says those who publicly question the government's protocols regarding mandates and restrictions are creating a, quote, heightened threat environment. So they're saying, without saying it, saying, yeah, if you uh, question the government narrative, we're going to consider you a terrorist. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the thing about that, though, is, um, you know, the, even as big as government agencies are, they need states to help them with this enforcement. And there's plenty of states that are just saying, yeah, we're not going to enforce it. Unfortunately we, for us, we happen to be in one that would be more than happy to enforce it. But, I mean, just like when, uh, when Biden put his uh, vaccine mandates in place for the National Guard, like seven states went, nah, we're not doing it. He's like, what do you mean you're not doing it? You have to. Like, "Mm, nah, we're not going to do it. We're just not. Yeah. And uh, there's far more Republican states led by Republican governors out there. So hopefully some of them will hold the line. 
you know, like DeSantis is. I I like that guy more and more all the time. He's really kind of a fighter. So yeah, I wish it was. It's so weird. That there's not that many. I guess there probably are a lot of people like him. They're just not willing to get into the government. I, into, uh, into running for government. But those are the kind of people that government have to worry about. Yeah. Because if you've got people who will stand up and say, here I am, I'm running for office. and I mean, you can keep tabs on them. So, yeah, I want to get a little more in, in depth to this, what DHS is doing. There's an article from the American Thinker. And it says, uh, it's by Andrea Widberg. Time to worry. The Biden government is redefining core principles. Two odd little reports appeared in the past couple of days both of which involved the federal government redefining things that, before the Biden administration, had mostly agreed upon definitions that were not hostile to ordinary Americans and that recognized American sovereignty. One report concerns a changed terrorism definition from the Department of Homeland Security, while the other redefines the mission of the Department of U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. The Department of Homeland Security promulgated a new National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin, NTAS is what it is, the terrorists are no longer radical student groups seeking to blow up the government, groups such as the Weathermen, which Obama's mentor Bill Ayers founded, or Islamic fundamentalist groups seeking a new sal- caliphate bathed in American blood. I, I like their I like their terminology. The new terrorist threat is dot 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 you. It's now official government policy that misinformation, quote unquote, which means disagreeing with the Biden administration, the media and the tech tyrants is pro proto terrorism. That's how we end up with uh, this February 7th, 2022 NTAS bulletin. So here's what the bulletin says. The United States remains in a heightened threat environment fueled by several factors, including an online environment filled with false or misleading narratives and conspiracy theories and other forms of mis, dis and malinformation. And they've, they've, they've turned that into MDM, mis, dis, and malinformation, MDM, they call it now, uh, int- introduced and or amplified by foreign and domestic threat actors. These threat actors seek to, ex- seek to exacerbate so- societal friction and sow discord and undermine public trust in government institutions to encourage unrest, which could potentially inspire acts of violence, mass casualty attacks, and other acts of targeted violence conducted by lone offenders and small groups acting in furtherance of ideological beliefs and or personal grievances pose an ongoing threat to the nation. While the conditions underlying the heightened threat landscape have not significantly changed over the last year, the convergence of the following factors has increased the uh, volatility, unpredictabilities, and complexity of the threat environment. And it goes on and on. So proliferation of false and missing narratives and and um on and on and on what we just said so they're basically saying if you question the government narrative and if you go on online and you uh, pro- um, promulgate that you are a pro you are suspected of being a terrorist now yeah but i'm there's only so much they can do with it yeah it's like a pr- it, well I mean, this is like, this is what they do. This is ramping up to something that important, something big that they want to do. They're putting their ducks in a row, changing stuff like this because they want to do something. And, you know, it might not be legal. It might not hold up in court, but it shows you that they're, they're on a path that they're not, they're not changing course from. They're not backing down. Yeah, I know. And, but that's the thing that I don't get. They, they really think, and I think Again, I keep mentioning the truckers. I'm talking about anybody, um, any government who does this against citizens who are willing to resist. But I think the part that freaks people like Trudeau out the most is they're saying to these truckers, you know, they're trying to be nice. They're like, we'll bring in the we'll bring in the troops. And the guys are like, okay. 
They say, well, okay. Well, and then they said they were going to do that. So they did it and the deadline passed and they didn't have all this massive arrest. So the truckers are like, yeah, call bullshit on you. But when they say, well, we'll, we'll uh, charge you with a hundred thousand dollar fine and we'll take your truck and we'll freeze your bank accounts. And the guys are like, okay, do it. And they, they can't fight people who won't step in line. And when you have Canadians who are like the most polite, least confrontational people there are finally saying, you know what? I think I've had enough. I think governments need to be scared. Yeah. Um, did you see Jocko Willink redo uh, Patrick Henry's speech? Give me liberty or di- give me death. No. It's a great speech. I will post it on the website. So just word for word does it? Word for word does. It's about four minutes long, so it's a good listen. But, I mean, Jocko does a good job with it. And, I mean, you're just like, fuck yes. Hmm. It's a great speech. And so I can't remember where Patrick Henry gave that, but it was it was so well written that even now it translates really well, even hmm. with all the fancy language. Um, but everybody thinks he just said, oh, give me liberty or give me death. No, he there's a whole four-minute speech leading up to that point where he talks about, you know, we've been – and it's very similar to what's going on now. And Jocko didn't really, to my knowledge, say why he posted this. He's just reading it. Hmm. Um, and he was doing a good job of it too. It was pretty impassioned, but I still think, you know, you see like these three percenters, I mean, they get their name because they say it takes like 3%, you know, to fight a revolution. I think there's an awful lot more people than that in this country. And this, I really think you're starting to see a point where people are saying, Hey, we're not putting up with this bullshit anymore. I hope so. There's uh, another, um, little thing I wanted to bring up about, uh, the DHS. So, a former Obama DHS official, official. So this shows you who's who's in charge and who's staffing and running the DHS Department of Homeland Security now. Didn't we know that anyway? CNN and uh, CNN analyst. I always, whenever I read that, I want to say an, an, CNN, an analyst. CNN and an analyst. Yeah. So CNN analyst. An analyst. Do, 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 do. <laughs> an analyst. Da, 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 da. Yeah. An analyst. analyst. <laughs> okay. CNN. An analyst. Do, do. Analyst. <laughs> and former Obama DHS official demands police slash tires arrest Canadian truckers. You hear about this, right? Yeah. So secure, uh, she's a CNN national security analyst, Juliet uh, Kaim. And a Harvard-educated professor. Yep. She responded to the ongoing trucker protests at the Ambassador Bridge, demanded police officers take drastic actions, including, including slashing tires, making arrests. She's a lecturer at Harvard, former member of the Homeland Security Council under Obama. She made her comments in a social media post uh, about the Freedom Convoy. But it was slash the tires, take the fuel, move the trucks. Mm. Let's think about that. She got blown up on Twitter. People are like going, you went to Harvard? (laughs) And then I saw a a GIF of someone. It was uh, someone. Well, there were people saying, yeah, go ahead. Try slashing the tire on a 100-pound PSI tire. See what happens. Yeah. And there was someone, it's a gif of someone walking past a, like a Humvee. Looks like one of the big real ones, not the H2s or whatever. And stuck a knife in it. And it blew the person like three feet away. Tore the shirt off of them except for their arm. And he like went face first into a couple of steps that were sitting there. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I'd like, like to see that. That's, uh, that's not a tire you mess with. So her, her, uh, her post was... 
the convoy protest applauded by right-wing media as a freedom protest is an economic and security issue now. The Ambassador Bridge Link constitutes 28% of annual trade movement between U.S. and Canada. Slash the tires, empty gas tanks, arrest the drivers, and move the trucks. And then she followed up on February 10th with, Trust me, I will not run out of ways to make this hurt. Cancel their insurance. Suspend their driver's licenses. Prohibit any future regulatory certification for truckers, etc. Have we learned nothing? These things fester when there are no consequences. She needs some fucking consequences. Well, and, but- and, and, and I will not run out of ways to make this hurt. What power does she have right now other than fucking running her mouth? Well, that's it, though. That's what she's got. Yeah, but she's not an official anymore. But I bet you she's friends with officials still in the in the DHS. Right, but there's so many. I I hate these people who say, and I try not to say hate very often, but because I try and reserve for stuff that counts. So I hate these people who think that um, words are violence and oh, things like fuck. people who don't understand what violence is. Yeah, they've never been beaten up. They've never seen anybody just beaten. They've never seen someone, you know, go through uh, like a shooting or something like that. And so they've lost touch of what actual violence is, you know. And so they just say they they sound so tough and they're uh, so disassociated with the consequences of this stuff that they just don't get it. Same people who think wars look like they look on on uh, John Wayne movies and things like that, you know. It's the Saving Private Ryan stuff. It's guys with their guts spilled out and everything like that. And so these are the same people who will say all about the riots and, yeah, let it burn and blah, blah, blah. And then it comes to their neighborhood. And then they're saying, hey, someone get the police. Someone get here and save me kind of thing. Like that one uh, NBA reporter a couple years ago who was doing that. He was all about it. And then he's like, well, not this neighborhood. (laughs) You know. And so she she goes to cocktail parties, I'm sure, in Washington, D.C., and has her inner circle, and she lives in a place where the cops show up within five minutes if you call. And she doesn't know what it's like to be around violent people, you know? It's like that Mike Tyson meme that's going around where he says, you know, the Internet has taught you that you can say shit to people and not get punched in the mouth for it. Yeah. Last Saturday, oh. there was a protest in Sorry. The police. I was just loading that up and it started uh, playing. But, you know, I mean, I think we both grew up around people who were like, you have to be careful what you say and how you say it to people, not because you're afraid necessarily, but there were people who would hold you um, accountable for the things you said and did. Yeah. You know, if you started calling one of your friends a bitch and jumping all over them and like, you run the risk of getting hit, you know? Yep. And maybe if you think you can handle yourself, that's not a big deal, but... Um, that's one thing, uh, not to sound totally sexist, but to sound sexist that I think women lose touch with women say all kinds of stuff that guys would never say. Yeah. And there's that, uh, what's it? Jennifer Molesky, Molensky or something on YouTube. She has that sort of traditional female, uh, uh, channel. And she talks about, she goes, men trad, trad wife. Is that what she is? I don't know. If they call that. I don't know. Oh, tra- traditional. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's Jennifer Malensky or Molesky or whatever. And she talks about uh, men must have tremendous restraint. She goes, because my husband could kick the crap out of me. And 
she goes, the fact that he doesn't do it just because, she goes, men must show physical some pretty serious restraint, which sort of gives you the insight to how some women think, thinking like, well, if I could kick his ass, I'd do it, you know? Mm. So, I don't know. I, well, we had this little discussion earlier about uh, why Trudeau is prime minister of Canada right now in the first place. Yeah, because women vote? Because women vote. <laughs> well, it's like... Uh, Rebecca from the Matt and Blonde show, when she says, I know women can vote, but should they? Yeah. Repeal the 19th. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, I think sometimes, well, I, I I could agree with you to a point because I think a lot of times, you know, women will vote for someone because they, well, I have female friends who- Because of feelings. They just like- I know I don't like Biden, but I just don't like Trump. Trump's icky. Yeah, he's icky. Hmm. He says crude things. Yeah. He says mean and stuff. Males in America have been uh, emasculated uh, to the degree that they're like women. So a lot of men are voting like women now. Well, there was, uh, I can't. I, oh, I really get a lot of female hate on this one. I love women, by the way. More than we already have? Women are great. <laughs> and yes, they should have the right to vote. But should they? Why are you <laughs> Um, let's well, they, they should have the right. I just think they should step back and go, should I? <laughs> and they, no, I'm not going to force them not to vote. Right. But they should just step back and go, should I be voting? I think anyone who's going to vote based on emotion yeah. shouldn't vote. Yeah. The fucking dickless wonders that are, uh, that are the men of the Democrat party shouldn't be voting either. Unfortunately, that's not limited to, uh. I was at the gym today and nobody's wearing masks. Well, I shouldn't say nobody, but most people aren't wearing masks anymore. There's some like 20 year old girls that are wearing masks because they're easily influenced, that kind of thing. But there's um, a couple older guys. They look to be about in their 50s to 60s. It's hard to tell. You know, white hair, um, you know, the flabby, stocky kind of build. <laughs> and, uh, they're there. One of them was there working out, and I'm I'm doing my whatever exercise, and this guy's standing there doing his. He's got one of the. He's one of these guys that that posts up on a bench and puts all this shit around it, oh. and then goes and wanders around and gets other stuff so that nobody can take his little bench. Yeah, when it's busy, I'm like these fucking guys. But anyway, or or the another old guy that went to the barbell rack, um, and starts doing curls in front of the rack, takes the. The, the 50 pound or the 20 pound or whatever off the rack and stands right there and starts doing his curls so nobody can come and grab a barbell while he's doing that. Mm-hmm. These kind of fucking dipshits. Anyways, he had a mask and this other guy had a mask hanging from his ear. He had it on most of the time I noticed, but he took it off for some reason. And then this other dude who looked to be in his 40s um, comes over and goes, oh, what, what he must have known the guy. Oh, you're not wearing the mask anymore. And he's like, oh, oh God, yes, yeah, no, I am. Just, I just took it off for a moment. And he starts putting it back on, and they're face to face talking. Oh yeah, I'm double, triple vaxxed, and I'm boosted. And I'm like, you fucking nutless wonders. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, I was just like, I'm sure if you could have seen my face, it would have been just abject disgust. I wouldn't have to see your face. I know you well <laughs> enough to know the look you had. If they had looked over at me, they'd been either thought I was having a fucking. You know, uh, aneurysm or fucking had to shit real bad. I call it your resting crow face. <laughs> resting crow face. <yeah. laughs> but that's just how you look. That sort of, uh, sort of uh, angry old man meets Greta Thunberg. I know <laughs> you've got you've got the Greta Thunberg. Yeah, look I know. I can do the Greta Thunberg look, but I, mean, I told I told you already that your picture on my phone is Greta. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
I didn't know I had my picture on your phone. Yeah, I have all my friends and family's pictures. Like, so when they call, I see their face. Okay, well, I don't have your picture on my phone because I think it's weird. Yeah, the Greta Scowl picture. That's yeah. the one we're going to let you do. <laughs> my son does that once in a while. He goes, do the Greta Thunberg face. I'm like, no. <laughs> so he just thinks it's funny. Uh, you real- almost got me to go off on like a huge thing about gym etiquette. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. I hate those people. Uh, there's um, uh, a, a video, and I was trying to find the art, an article I could read from, but I couldn't, so I have to go off this video from um, We Are Change. And at this, he starts out his podcast or his you know thirteen minute podcast with this video from Australia. So I don't know if we need to narrate, and it's real short, so I'll just play it real quick. Police watching over it. Last Saturday, there was a protest in Melbourne. The police watching over it were fully masked up in fear of what they might catch. People on the street would make a point of putting their mask on when they saw the protest group approaching. Perhaps as more of a political statement than any actual fear. 24 hours later. There was another march in Melbourne on Sunday. The police decided to join in with that one. They got in amongst the people without wearing masks. A shitload of them, too. The Chief Commissioner Shane Patton was having a great time waving his flag instead of instructing his troops to incite violence with impunity and then blame it on protesters, as he usually does. Those lining the streets? Very few bothered with masks. And the dictator himself made an appearance. A bit of a difference to when he called other groups selfish. So why all the masks in fear one day, but not the next? Is the mask a political symbol? Now, now, see. Okay, that was. So, okay, you lost me. There. Luke Wardowski or Rakowski starts talking after that. The the cops jumped in with the protesters. So initially, the day before, there was a freedom convoy uh, march. Right. And there this was is a in sh- Australia. Yeah, and I'm watching the video of this, and there's a shitload of cops everywhere, all masked up, enforcing mask laws or mask rules, whatever. And then people that aren't part of the march along the side streets, just shopping or whatever, are like putting masks on or have their masks on to show solidarity with, you know, the government, the police. And then the very next day in Melbourne, there's a gay pride parade, shitload of police, a part of the parade, marching down, laughing, waving gay pride, nobody masked up. You know, this fucking utter hypocrisy is infuriating. (laughs) But here's my thing. I'm just like, keep doing it. Keep doing it. Because you don't, I always say reasonable people will see this. You don't need reasonable people. You need people who say, so you get to do it, but I don't. Yeah. You know? And irrational people at that point uh, are even more dangerous. Because the, you know, um, I, there was someone on Rogan's show, or maybe it was Rogan talking about, they're talking about chimps. And they said chimpanzees will murder other chimps over, like, jealousy things. So they would have these experiments where they had you know like three or four chimps caged up and they would give one other chimp uh treats and stuff and if those other chimps got out they'd kill him you know they they'd kill him like you got to get stuff and yeah and uh i mean you you can get people who get like that and you push people far enough i mean how many times have we said this we consider ourselves well wait i consider myself i've known you too long to be pretty rational people and man i just keep feel like i'm getting pushed farther and farther and i'm thinking if there's a whole lot of people a lot less rational than me on our side you know 
and I'm sort of feeling my temperature rise, what are those people thinking? And I'm just kind of disappointed in, in the youth in this country. And, and I'm talking like, you know, late teens and early mid twenties that are just so compliant. Like if, if this would have been happening when I was in my twenties, like if I had the same kind of attitude I had in my twenties as I did now, I still had like an anti-authoritarian streak and all that kind of stuff. I, I realized how much bullshit this, this is early on. I've always been like this and I would, my impulse control was lower back then, you know, cause it's hard to believe. Yeah. And you, you don't consider consequences as much back then. So if I would get confronted, I had to beat the shit out of people back then because I wouldn't think about the long-term effects of getting a, a record, a jail record, or anything like that. And, mm-hmm. You know, that kind of stuff. I wouldn't even think about that. I'd be like, this guy deserves a fucking beatdown. He's going to get it. Well, and now that you have several illegitimate children, <laughs> you have to be careful. So, but you don't see that happening nowadays. You see most, most of the young people just kind of like tail between the legs, emasculated, uh, low T. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I agree with that because I'm starting to see more examples. Uh, my son's school has a group of kids who are starting to wear shirts to say, I will not comply. And Good. they're just not. Um, there was that kid in Washington that we talked about, the TikTok video of him saying, yeah, here's what we're going to do. We're going to walk into yeah. the school. We're going to be peaceful. And uh, if, they, if they suspend me, kick me out, whatever, fine, cool. Come back again tomorrow and do it again. And uh, you get people like that to lead and people start to follow. That reminds me of Larry Korea put a post out recently talking about how mullets are making a comeback. Yeah. And he didn't really understand it. Because mullets are counterculture now. Yeah, mullets kind of kind of enforce that Chad culture, they call it, where back in, back in the, what, the 80s, 90s, where, you know, we had liberty and we didn't take no shit from, you know, big government bullshit and that kind of stuff. And it's like, that it's kind of a pushback. If you're if you're a, if you're a Chad, which is a, a term for a, a, a guy with some testosterone and and uh, and you know not debald, if you're that guy and you, the, the you're gonna probably in your in your teenager or young twenties you're gonna start growing a mullet. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. Yeah, I think um, I think uh, he was saying that mullets are punk now. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's that's kind of the term. Yeah. Made me want to grow one, man. <laughs> I think I had a mullet at one point. They called it hockey hair, too. Wasn't it purple? Uh, no. no, not that point. Yeah, not only hockey hair, that it's called the Wisconsin waterfall <laughs> to party in the front yeah. or business in the front, party in the back. Yeah. You know, there's some uh, there's some pretty extreme examples, but. I had a mullet that I actually put into a ponytail and it looked stupid as shit. My father-in-law grew a bullet for a while. Hmm. When you're balding on the top and you grow the mullet. Oh, yeah. So he had the big time receding hairline, but he was growing a ponytail yeah. in the back. I'm like, that's not, not a good look, never man. Never a good look. Yeah. Not a good look. So, I mean, it's okay to grow your hair out a little when you're uh, when you're losing your hair up top, but don't, you know, don't act like you're rocking it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not the whole comb forward thing. So, what else you got? Well, I mean, nothing really important. I did uh, want to kind of go back to this Bob Saget's death. You know, I was I was spec- oh, yeah. I was speculating that it was because he just got vaxxed and he had an aneurysm or something and or, or blood clot, which you know still possible. But um, now his his family came out and said no, he he uh, he he uh, you know fell and bumped his head, thought nothing nothing of it, and went to sleep, and then had a blood clot or brain ha- or a hemorrhage and died. And but now the coroner saying yeah, this didn't look like just a bump to the head or somebody falling. It looked like somebody that. Like, this is what 
generally looks like when someone takes like a baseball back to the head. Yeah, multiple so, fractures, massive uh, blood or contusions on both sides or in- internal bleeding. I had a member of my family. Um, you know, she she died in her late ages, but she had fallen down and hit her head, and uh, they did a CAT scan. Didn't see that she had a small bleed. And uh, she had a headache, laid down, went to sleep, never woke up. Yeah. Basically, she bled and it crushed her brain. Um, so I can see that kind of thing. And I thought that's sort of what they were saying with Saget. But just last night, I heard that the coroner was like, no, this is – it's in like both, both yeah, lobes such, of the brain. Yeah, it's and, such force that it actually did more than one fracture. There was two fractures on either side, which is consistent with like being struck with a with, like, baseball bat or a heavy object. So this is weird, but because you know everybody, everybody kind of there's nobody knows him having any kind of beefs with anybody, or everybody thought he was a everybody thought Saget was a good guy. You know, nobody had anything bad to say about Bob Saget. Well, and then he just he just texted or he posted earlier on Instagram or something. Oh, you know, I had this great set and I really missed doing this, and I feel like I'm back to comedy and yeah. And that was like hours. They said no drugs or alcohol in the system. So yeah, that's just a weird, weird story. But. So, like, did somebody break into his room and whack him for crazy fans? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe he had a fan who donkey punched him, or uh, a tied ladyboy prostitute. Ooh, yeah. Things got real weird. It could be out of hand. Things get crazy in <laughs> in with the Taiwanese hookers in uh, Hollywood. The ladyboys. Yeah. That's all I had. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's we, it? We, we flew through that. We did. So. All right. Well, I don't have anything else. Okay. So. We'll wrap it up. We'll wrap it up then. Uh, so, if you uh, want to get in touch with us, best way to do it is through Facebook. Um, as much as Facebook is dying. Yeah. Um, we'll look at alternatives again. Yeah. But we would really appreciate your views on uh, Apple and SoundCloud. Those help us uh, in the with their algorithm and getting. Did you our- say reviews or views? Reviews. Yes. It sounds like said views. Enun- enunciate. You just You're a professional. You don't listen to me anymore. I'm not a professional. I don't get paid for this. Are you getting paid? No. So, um, so, yes, help us with our reviews there we go. Uh, so that it boosts the algorithm. doesn't take much. Just hop on there and say, hey, these guys are awesome. Five stars. Yes, exactly. Or Crow will hunt you down. See you. Bye. Bye.